It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Ken loves talking about breaking mobility news, while Sasha loves sharing the latest in new technology. So ready or not, the opinionated duo with a futuristic twist, here's Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Time again for America's premier mobility news and technology talk show, Roadworthy Drive. We are... Ken Chester, and Sasha J. Little, your hosts and tour guides for the hour. Thank you for joining us. On tap, we break down the facts behind the Green New Deal that you've heard about in passing and what it actually means to you, the motorist and the consumer, autonomous cars, bicyclists, and pedestrians, and what the new automotive technology means to those of foot and pedal bike. And finally, we show you a hacker magnet, your new car. Do wait, what? Your new car. My new, so I get a new car? Uh, no, the suits did not approve that. No, 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 no. Do I get a new car? I'm pretty sure that's what everyone else heard. No, no, no. no. I will get a new car. It's nice try, but it's not in the budget. (laughs) Folks, all of this along with, as you can tell, the usual snark and comments from the peanut gallery. Well, I now I'm a peanut with a new car. There's no new car, (laughs) trust me, but I'm still a peanut. I don't. If the shell fits. (laughs) Just saying. Should you want to join in on the fun, the connection is easy. Text to dial up the Roadworthy Driveline at 872-222-9793 or email me, Ken, at roadworthydrive.net. Either way is your pathway to mischief and mayhem going on in the studio. In the studio and also out in real life. Mm, yeah, I don't want to think we want to put that out there. We might are, are scare sure? the natives. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, since you're giving away all your contact information. Not all of it. I'm, I, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm, indeed. Speaking of mischief and mayhem, right. please say hi to my bright and vivacious co-host, the one, the only, Sasha J. Little. Yeah, it's because they broke the mold. There, there can only be number one. I am the Highlander. Uh, isn't, isn't that a, a state law? Uh, it is actually. Or federal. A UN mandate. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't no. realize that was international. <laughs> it actually is. Oh my! That's good to know, though. Yes. How are you doing uh, this you, morning? Um, I do want to give a shout out to our state department of transportation. Uh, the DOT. The Iowa DOT. Iowa DOT. Bob Uni and the folks over there. This is a shout out to y'all. Y'all are amazing. We've had a stretch of nasty, nasty weather here in the upper Midwest. With the capital N for nasty. Yes. And the DOT has been working magic and miracles as they have been for years. So in a sector which you don't often get a chance to say thank you to the Iowa Department of Transportation's NOMA removal team, thank, thank you. you. Enough said. Yeah. Um, while we're at it, Sasha, uh-huh. um, I need to say a few words in memoriam. Oh, no. Yes, I do. Oh, We're no. going to mourn the passing <laughs> of the Chevrolet Volt. That's Volt with a V. Okay. You realize that while you're holding this mem- memorial for mm-hmm. the Sev- Chevy Volt with a V, mm-hmm. as in non-victorious, mm-hmm. uh, this is one of those funerals where literally only two people showed up. That's why we're having a word. I'm it not one quietly, of those people. I'm across the street by It went out of production. I mean. But you know what? What? The vault was an important aspect to get us to the point where you're at relative to electric cars. I still know people that are upset about the Saturn. 
The EV1, folks. The EV1. Indeed. I know folks are going to be upset about this. I don't think so. I, actually, I do. I know one individual in our fair city who owns one. He's going to get himself like a, a Nissan Leaf or something like that. No, no. He's, he, not, he's let, not married he's to not, the, actually, he, he is. the vault. He's bought two of them. Yeah, he is. Really? Yeah. Really? Really. All right. He's like the average person who owns one of these. They've got a short commute. Which uh-huh. is within the realm of electric, the electric range. Because it's got like, what, 60 miles? 50. Uh-huh. The original one was like 23, and then they upped it about 2014 to 50. But honestly, GM tells you that the average commute is 20 miles. So if you plug it in, <laughs> not out here. I know. I know. Uh, average commute. Uh, did you hear the word average? <laughs> average. Excuse average. me. Average. You'll get over it. I just... You'll get over Woo. it. In the meanwhile. Average. If you can plug it in at home, uh-huh. plug it in at work, uh-huh. as both these gentlemen did, uh-huh. uh, it's not uncommon for them to go three, four months or 1,400 miles between putting gas in their vehicle. And like we've talked about, these were the first important few steps that you needed to push the battery technology, push the start of having conversation about range, they didn't think when they introduced this in 2007, they could even build the car. They figured it out and built it. And now we laugh because, you know, what is 50 miles worth of electric, uh, pure electric power when we've got vehicles, the Bolt, which replaced it, mm-hmm. gets 238 uh, between charges. That's true. Uh, you've got uh, Tesla models that are in the 300 mile range. Amen. And we've got both cars, trucks and SUVs coming to market. In uh, the near future, which you're boasting 400 plus. Lucid. Lucid. Now, you mentioned something about this. On the way here, because Uh I got to be driven today. Yes, um, you did. I refused to drive. Yeah. So, uh, freezing rain's a thing with you. (laughs) So are the blizzard like conditions Uh, that are on the way. Thank you, DOT. Right, right. So, yeah, read that on uh, my nifty news that came out. Okay, so now. We talked about, and I took pictures of the Lucid Air, the car. Which the is car, beautiful, absolutely stunning. Oh my goodness! Have my tell me on, about this SUV. Um, it's an okay now. Literally, because I get car sick easily, so I was not able to read the article. So I got the gist: SUV, Lucid, obviously electric. That's all I got out of it. I saved it so I can read it later on, mm-hmm. but I still think it's exciting um, that Lucid. Is coming out because th- their cars aren't even out in production. No, yet. they're they're supposed. To, well, originally they were talking this year. Yep. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe next year. And I'm going to tell you, uh, the Lucid thing is for real because they actually had a test mule where they were actually testing and validating the car on a Honda test track. Well, yeah, yeah. Drove I remember it that coast to coast. I actually got pictures of it. Oh, this would have been 2017 New York Auto Show. Right. And the thing was. Gorgeous with a capital G. Absolutely. Just inside and out, like nothing you've ever seen in a car. Well, and see, I love how my Rivion, that was never going to be a thing, got some serious, serious investors we going on. We talked about that last week, yeah. where both General Motors, General Motors and, Amazon and Amazon are taking stakes in the company. Yep. And in fact, the industry watchers are talking about uh, Rivion being the next big thing. Oh, yeah. If there's ever a Tesla killer out there, it's Rivion. It's going to be Rivion because chances are Rivion's going to get their truck to market 
before Elon Musk. But then again, we haven't heard any more from our folks, uh, Bollinger. Now, I mean, you could keep your Bollinger. I mean, I kind of like the SUV that they had I going on. I them props because they were really the I, first I'm a sucker company. for workhorse. I want to know what's going on with my... Eh, Stop it. Eh. You, you are not allowed to dismiss my peeps like that. Yeah, I am. And don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. I've just got... But you were all excited about Bollinger before. I, because I love that I love that squared off look that they got. And they were one of the first ones we covered yep. uh, in this whole uh, flood of electric uh, vehicle companies coming to market in the United States. And here's the thing. We haven't even talked about the Chinese that are coming. Did you know that the in the China market... Mm. They build more electric cars than the rest of the world combined. Oh, yeah, I knew that. We yeah, covered but that. big time Oh, yeah, numbers. no. Not yeah. little, big time. No, no, no. Europe, Bigly. United States, uh, Scandinavian many countries. Many, much. Many, much. In fact, didn't we talk about there was some, I think the number was 500 companies? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, they're just sprouting up like, you know. They are. Uh, what's killing me, though, I was at Chicago a couple weeks ago. Where are you show. now? No Chinese electric Vehicle manufacturers were there, and I was very surprised. I was not because there was actually an article that I pointed out to you that stated that the Chinese were actually only going to be be at three different auto shows here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Which is probably what Detroit, L.A., and New York. It was. I remember New York definitely. Yeah, well, I want to say L.A., mm -hmm. but I think I do not. Detroit does not ring a bell. Mm -hmm. I well, forget what I can, the third one was. Well, I can tell were, you, it wasn't Chicago. Which is strange because that's a large market. Eh? It's a great opportunity to uh, introduce these kinds of vehicles in the upper Midwest because eventually, as range anxiety doesn't become a thing anymore, and we're getting quickly to the day. We are. My day, my number is 450. Give me 450 miles between charges straight up, which means you could rate it at 500. Right. But give me 450 solid. Yeah. I'm in. Right. That's all I need. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, see, I mean, for me personally, my number used to be right there with you. Mm -hmm. um, but as I'm looking at the gas prices that are considering. <laughs> that just went up that, again. Right. I, I am like, you know what? I'm done with this yo-yo. Like, I, I'm done with this yo-yo. Right. I could get by with 250. Eh, I got It'll be tight, but I, I could get by with 250. Yeah, well, you make sure you plug that thing in at night for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Coming up, we cut through the hype to give you the lowdown on the Green New Deal. Haven't heard of it? Stay tuned. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Just sitting there, this Chevrolet Caprice with available features can do things most other cars can't. It can wash its headlights. It can silently defrost its rear window with a heating element right on the glass. It can keep anyone but you from driving it with its standard anti-theft lock for steering wheel, ignition, and transmission lever. With other available features, it can set and maintain the temperature you want with Comfortron. And it can apply liquid tire chain to its rear wheels so it won't just keep sitting there in weather like this. If your car can't do all these things, see your Chevrolet dealer.
If you're just joining us, welcome to Roadworthy Drive. Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little coming yes, at you. But Plugged if, in and at full power and completely hydrated. But if I can talk like this, Please like don't. the 1969 no, commercials. let it go. Let it go. Come on. No. What? No. Not gonna. No. Not gonna let me slip no. into my no. 1950s. Just because it was politically incorrect at the, <laughs> nowadays doesn't mean we get to replicate it. I I don't know. I think I like. Do you happen to know the actress that did that? I she sounds no familiar. I, I have no idea. I was just amazed that a Chevy Caprice could do all that in 1969, and was, it was a two door. I was also very impressed by the way that let the it 1960. Go, <laughs> let it go. Please do. Thank you for dropping by, folks. Um, In the last few weeks, you may have heard about something called the Green New Deal. It's a piece of legislation by the Democrats to make America a cleaner, safer place. Less carbon emissions, new and better paying jobs. And I've got the actual document right here in studio, so the big question is, is it fact or is it hype? Okay, first of all... Do you have the entire thing? Because the entire thing was over 3,000 pages. No. No, 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 no. I have uh, the summary. Uh, the summary. There we go. Because which, I was about to say, the actual document, which I looked up, because um, I was like, okay, yeah, I could read that. I'd be very interested. Well, the entire thing was like 20-something hundred pages. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the... Uh, the summary. With the summary. There I'm gonna you go, with the, go. Give me the cliff uh, notes. Before we get into that, let me ask a fun fact because it's relevant. Is it a fun fact, though? Yeah. Okay. Two questions. Uh, uh, okay. Um, which state in the United States uh-huh. pumps the most crude oil? Uh-huh. And in- which state generates the most, electri- uh, most electricity from wind energy? Okay. Now, is that uh, dump the most crude oil into our ocean or no. into like where it's supposed to pumps go? Pumps the most crude oil, Sasha. I, I, I have no idea. Really? Yeah, well, no. What about the wind energy? Number one in wind energy. Ooh. Uh, da, 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 uh, dairy state. Is it Wisconsin? No. No? Not no. yet? No. Okay. Then no. I have no idea. Actually, the answer to both questions is the same state. Texas. Texas. Really? Yeah. I remember they had the... Uh... Texas is number one in wind energy mm-hmm. and number one in crude oil production. Well, there you go. Isn't that a mess? It kind of is, actually. They added over 7,000 kilowatts of wind energy electricity or wind energy generation last year. And they're on track of adding even more. Now, with them, though, do they have... Complete wind energy supported cities in or townships? Not or? yet. What they said on some days, they said right now about twenty five percent of their power needs okay is renewable, and on some days it's been up to as much as fifty percent. Oh, nice! Now, what I want to explain because do they have the solar pan the solar farms there I, as well? I didn't get into all of that. I was just dealing with the wind part, right? Okay, uh, but there are a lot of solar energy issues or Farms, if you will. Yeah, that's why I wasn't uh, sure. Here in Iowa, where we are, uh, the utility in the central part of the state, Mid-American yep. Energy. Yep. Last, well, no, I'm sorry, 2017 certified that they generated over 50% of their energy from wind. Mm-hmm. And that they will be a 100% by 2021. Now, full disclosure, the company is owned by Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett. But here's a company that's already doing it, and it's not a political thing. We have That company has not added a new power plant. I can't even remember. 
and I've lived in this state many years. I wonder how their electric, their their bills compare to like who's the other one that's here in Iowa? Is Alliant? it Alliant? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how their bills. I don't compare. know, but I can tell you this: they haven't gone up in years. They haven't gone up. Okay. Um, and the reason why that we are talking about that is that one of the primary tenets of this new deal, and it's a non-binding resolution, by the way, right. is a transition to the United States 100% clean energy system aiming for, and I quote, a net zero greenhouse gas emissions through a fair and just transition for all communities and workers. Now, to be fair, mm -hmm. this thing is full of. Um, it reads almost like a manifesto in some sections. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, it's almost like the kitchen sink. But there's a lot of things in here. Uh, for example, when they talk about uh, transition, uh, and they didn't get into the details, gee, what a surprise. But to me, that would mean help for coal, oil, and gas industries. Wait, wait, what did you just say? Transition to clean. And if you're going to transition, what about the people? Well, give you a perfect example. The railroads in this state haul coal. They haul mm -hmm. coal east. Mm -hmm. uh, hun uh, tens of uh, hundreds of rail cars a day mm -hmm. full of coal. Mm -hmm. That goes away in a uh, clean energy future. Yes, it does. What it, what's going to mm -hmm. become of those railroads? What are going to become of those workers, railroad engines, the cars that carry all Again, that I understand that this is a very very highly uh unpopular opinion but the same thing that helping happened with whale oil suppliers but i'm not disagreeing with you i just I'm don't understand saying, how you get to coal energy and green and green energy but you don't my point is the key word transition now oh, okay. transition is as you phase that out right uh and those industries go away what are you going to do with the workers what are you going to do with all the installed plant where does that wasn't go? There, wasn't there a uh, initiative in there to provide for training for the for new uh, opportunities? But that's my point. They at least are tackling the issue yeah. that there needs to be a transition. I mean, and there wasn't an age cap on that no. educational option either. No. I mean, it mm -mm. was almost like eighty percent was going to be funded mm -mm. by the government or now, something like that. They made they made a point to a report yeah. that I found elsewhere. The special report on global warming. Mm -hmm. It said now what they didn't say in the resolution, but I found in the report. Okay, if we did not get serious, we were going to have major troubles due to climate change as early as 2030. And people, that's not the government talking. That is a group of scientists that have researched this thing: climate change climatologists that are skilled and know this stuff. Saying this, have you looked outside? Mm. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even. Where this comes in for us is that they did talk about uh, moving to a clean transportation base, right? Better highways, infrastructure, mm -hmm. but it was a little light. They mentioned it in passing. I thought they'd spend more about it. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll have to see. What they're going to do in terms of zero uh, emissions manufacturing and electric vehicle incentives uh, with respect to uh, gasoline and diesel fuel. Next, what do autonomous vehicles mean for the safety of pedestrians and bicyclists? We investigate. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive.
Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is none other than Roadworthy Drive. We are Ken and Sasha, your flight attendants for this segment. Please return your tray tables to the upright position and make sure that your seatbelt is snugly buckled low on your waist. We don't want any mishaps. You're uh, laughing. I, I am. I because, want people safe. Okay, but you have to do the whole flight attendant thing now. Like you have to, I'm going to get you like one of those safety belts and like, you know, like the, the. Maybe some other time. Right. You're not going to do the whole, no. we'll do a video of you no. preparing Mm-mm. people. No. Uh-huh. Speaking of mishaps. Have you checked out our website, roadworthydrive.com? Right. Well, you know what? We've actually made some recent changes to that. Again. Again. Yes. Uh, We had to actually, for those of you that might not have caught last week's um, Roadworthy Drive, we've had to- Of course they did. They would not miss (laughs) Roadworthy Drive. We actually had to- we we had to add another page for our affiliates for the we Roadworthy did. Drive and the Roadworthy we Drive did. Minute mm-hmm. uh, so, because we were gaining so many uh, new affiliates, so, new from affiliates. All over. Yes, that's yes. the thing. That's why we call it America's premier <laughs> mobility news and technology talk show. Right, and then let's see what else did we did. Um, we did some more. Uh, I uploaded some more of the Wheels of Don consent up there. Okay, under the time with Sasha. Right, we changed to a more winter aspect picture. Yeah, let us know how you feel about that. Right, Sasha feels like changing the seasons. <laughs> so I being. You know, we went out into the county mm-hmm. and shot uh, in the same area yep. uh, as our regular two pictures, yep. um, except that I turned around. Instead of facing the road one way, I faced the road the other way. I just That's think that it gives the website a little bit more personality if mm-hmm. you change the site as to, mm-hmm. you know, the climate. But I would really like to, I think you're right. I think people should call in and mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. us know what they think about the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and. For the record, yes. shot in the same county in which we record. record this show. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, we we, we are county positive. Right. Indeed. And, and then we also added uh, the Spotify link on there. That's right. We're on Spotify now. Yes, we are. So Spotify and Google Play. And Stitcher. Stitcher. There yeah, but go. not a lot of people are going to Stitcher now. Oh, okay. Well, then Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, Spot since we added, has people. been really, Spotify. really popular. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that that's the thing. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And we have some fun stuff coming back to the page in a few weeks that you're not going to want to miss, weather permitting. And depending, if we get it together, I'll have Sasha share that with you in a future show. Well, I'll look forward to that. I bet you will. I love surprises. Yeah, particularly you're going to be the one providing the surprise. What? Yes. Well, folks, over the last few years, Regular listeners know that we have been talking plenty about autonomous cars and trucks. Wait, wait, wait. What's autonomous car? No, you didn't. What? What? No, you what didn't. What is this? You're saying R- really? a word that I don't understand. Really? Did you bring your dictionary? R- really? I What? Really. What? Autonomous. You're going to bust me out on national I am. radio? I am. Self-driving I, vehicle. <laughs> I, what does that mean? Uh, you mean like the car drives itself? Yes. As in the human not behind the wheel? Uh, did you open up a new can of snark <laughs> today? <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Thought you'd used all that snark already. I had not, no. Ah, okay. Well, in any case, folks, Mm -hmm. from the billions of dollars spent by hundreds of companies from around the world to the practical implications of how your daily life may change in the not-too-distant future, we continue to cover all bases on the subject. But today, 
We turn our attention to the impact of those of us on foot as well as those that are partial to pedal power. In other words, we're going to talk about how these coming wave of self-driving vehicles may impact those who are pedestrians and those who ride bicycles. Well, we have talked about a technology that actually took, and if I remember correctly, it, it took... The autonomous, it was like a vehicle to everything infrastructure, and it would actually connect with people's cell phones. Right. So the car knew that there was a pedestrian there or like your wearable. And you know what? Um, was following a report by Bike Walk North Carolina, Bike Walk NC. Okay. All they right. did a report on autonomous driving collision avoidance technology, mm -hmm. the implications for bicyclists and pedestrians. They have a serious problem and a lot of pushback putting part of that identification situation on the pedestrian or bicyclist because they argue that the pedestrian or the bicyclist in a situation with a moving vehicle is the most vulnerable part of the equation and that may be posed the most risk if they're part of uh, what, has, what the vehicle needs to communicate with to identify what's going on. They would argue, particularly in a case where there's no visibility, say you're a second car in line, right, and a pedestrian is crossing the road, yep, that the vehicle in front of you stopped that could see the pedestrian. Yeah, we talk about vehicle to everything. Yeah, have that vehicle actually transmit that information, as opposed to the pedestrian or bicyclist through their cell phone or some other device being responsible for going, hey, I'm here. Okay, but that is one of the things where we have talked about extensively where I think people need to get on the mindset that when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, they have to envision a beehive where everyone is talking on the same wavelength. So exactly like what you were saying, that car in front of you is already communicating with my car and it doesn't matter what brand it which, is. Which is fine. Um, the issue that they got into, and he specifically, the writer specifically mentioned uh, the cell phone thing. Okay. And All right. okay, let's go you one better. You are somebody that, for whatever reason, you don't have your Fitbit, your cell phone, uh, your uh, mobile or connected device Look, on you. Looking at you, sir. Just saying. Looking, looking right at you. And? I mean, I'm just and, saying. And? You would be one of those people that and, does not have a tech so imprint. So why? which is fine. Why should I be more at risk and vulnerable because I don't? At what point is it self-awareness, though? That's fine. But that goes for anybody, a careless driver not paying attention. Which is exactly why autonomous vehicles need to be a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I just... But by the same token, there are, autonomous vehicles use so many different technologies because no one technology can assess everything. You would think, honestly, you don't fully appreciate what your eyes are really able to do in terms of what's going on in front of you, depth possession, how your mind works. What, Miss Sasha? What? You're going somewhere with this. I, I am, but we're going to go into, like, conspiracy theory on this. Oh, my. Do you know how, like, people have to get uh, vaccinated, right? The children okay. have to get vaccinated okay. to stop. What if they actually mandated that you had to have some kind of either implant, because we've talked about the implants that certain companies had. Mm -hmm. um, what if they mandated in the autonomous future that you had to have some kind of digital imprint for the quote-unquote safety of everyone? 
I got an answer for that. Uh-huh. See you in court. <laughs> I mean... Uh, at what point does my privacy as a human being and an individual uh, trump, if you will, the overall safety of everybody else? Why should I, as an individual, have to be worried when uh, I may not have the ability, the financial ability or whatever, to support some sort of device like that. Uh, once you actually get a legislator that wants to take your uh, cybersecurity and your privacy seriously, then we can have that discussion. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to find out just exactly where that's going to lead. I, exactly. Mm -hmm. Finally, for the last segment of this hour, we talk about the major hacker magnet you have at home, your new car. Facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. This is the fourth and final segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, I'm Ken along with my co-host, Sasha. Thank you for making time to drop by. Before we continue to the subject at hand, a programming note. The second of our the second hour second hour yes of Roadworthy Drive will feature a brand new installment of Tech with Sasha. Uh, tell the good people what you plan to discuss, Sasha. Well, we've talked about I, I've really been delving into ag technology lately, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of the things that was I listen to a lot of uh, public radio. What? Yeah, I do. I listen to NPR. I am actually a subscriber. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. So anyway, I was listening to NPR, and they were talking about how um, at least local farmers were the number one purchaser of electric vehicles here in Iowa. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. And they had, uh, they actually had some farmers interviewed saying that they are trying to uh, cut costs and so on and so forth. So for Tech with Sasha... Uh, for second hour, I am actually going to be going on about what is actually available and how autonomous um, the and electric and electric these at the ag industry really is right now today and how that changes in the next. And I'm not saying 10 years. I'm saying in the next three to five. Actually, if you want to make an argument now. It could be now. Um, it costs like an initial investment. I think that, um, as one farmer said, he's buying one electric replacement every year mm -hmm. instead of one lump sum. Sure. So that's why I'm saying three to five. Fair enough. If your favorite radio station doesn't carry second hour of Roadworthy Drive, don't worry. You can get your Tech with Sasha fix at the show website, roadworthydrive.net. We've got you covered like a wild bear covered in honey straight from the eye. Wait, wait, what are we the wild bear or the honey? Ah, the honey. And and what? why am I hearing that nineteen you know, pour some No. <laughs> Uh, and without the bee stings, that's important. Uh, right, because I, I am allergic. Yeah we, yeah, we just want to bring that out. Right. But yes, you actually want to make sure that um, you can also catch our the podcast version on mm. Spotify and Google Play. Indeed. Yes. If you own a vehicle that's less than 10 years old, then you may not realize that it is, for all practical purposes, a rolling computer. And actually, in truth, it's a rolling combination of several computers. One for the engine, one for the transmission, another for your driver assistance systems, and even one for your infotainment navigation system. And worst part about it, today, you don't just have one owner's manual. 
you often have three or four. And I bet you didn't know it because I bet you never looked in your glove box to figure that one out. Uh, I bet you even didn't read the quick start one they give that summarizes what's going on to help you kind of navigate the car and at least turn it on and drive it. In the midst of all that code, not to mention your internet-connected Wi-Fi hotspot that's disguised as a car? That's, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. It's also prime real estate for hackers. Well, we've talked about the hacker thing with vehicles before and what was it the jeep cherokee grand cherokee there were there were mopar products that triggered the first ever nitsa recall due to vulnerability issues uh that their system was vulnerable to being hacked but the thing that that concerned me a recent society of automotive engineers study mm-hmm. examined cybersecurity practices in the automotive industry and addressed how capable it is and how far as far as addressing the software security risks that are inherent in the vehicle you're driving today. They talked to 593 professionals involved in assessing or contributing to the security of automotive technologies. And uh, I got the chills. Oh, yeah. Let me put it to you this way. Go ahead. 52% said they were aware of potential harm to drivers of vehicles because of insecure automotive technologies. Yep. Uh, 69% didn't feel that they were empowered enough to raise the concerns. These are professionals in the industry dealing with this stuff right now. Mm -hmm. This scares me even more. 84% of those interviewed or surveyed Uh felt that cybersecurity practices are not simply keeping pace with evolving technologies. And 63% test less than half of the hardware, software, and other technologies for vulnerabilities. Folks, the point I'm making, this is not they went to the general public. No. These are people in the industry interviewed and surveyed by one of the most robust engineering societies. In fact, the Society of Automotive Engineer actually creates the standards that the manufacturers use, all kinds of engineering standards for all kinds of systems that go into vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, what people don't seem to understand is that we're not talking about them hacking your vehicle and making it go 90 miles an hour or failing the safe or making turns. We're talking about the fact that they can hack the vehicle and then get all that information to your linked cell phone that is on there. And and actually, Sasha, we're talking about both. Well. Yeah, we are. We talked about that, and they can't, they can manage to slow it down. Yeah, but. Here's what they said. Hackers have penetrated North American, European, and Japanese automaker systems, Mm -hmm. and their approaches have potential to cause great harm to vehicle safety, data privacy, and the development of connected and autonomous vehicle technologies. Here are the ones, here are the, the the type of technologies most at risk. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Yeah. Top the list. Which is what I said. Your cell phone. 63%. Followed by telematics and at 58% self-driving vehicles. Now, even though that sounds a bit dire, and it does, the good news is that the automakers are actually getting the clue and starting to come around to get this stuff dealt with. It becomes more of a conversation nowadays than it has been in the past to realize that they need to step it up. 
So all is not dark. However, it's a definite case of buyer beware nowadays. Uh, according to one of these uh, people in the industry, his quote, it's easy to see that cybersecurity now is at the forefront of automotive industry conversations. In other words, they're having a conversation with their suppliers, with their vendors, in engineering, in verification. So while you may not be as secure, they are finally addressing the problem, confronting the problem, and starting to make progress towards resolving the problem. I'm waiting for a third-party service. I'm waiting for a third-party service that I can install or have sitting beside me, much like the one that overrode the Tesla, that will actually protect my privacy so long as I had it in there. Well, right now, it's the third-party technologies that plug into the OBD2 yep. port yep. that is causing the greatest vulnerabilities. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So until they get that problem solved, <laughs> because that port was never designed no. to be secure. No, it wasn't. Nobody thought about that 25 years ago when they created them. Nope. So a little bit of heads up of buyer beware and, you know, just realize what you're dealing with. That wraps up the mischief and the mayhem, believe it or not, for this hour. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, folks. Bye. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.